Guten Abend. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? How are you? I am fine. Thank you. Let's see what's... What is Tetris up to? I had no other choice, so I saw the headlines and he's... You know, he's, he's uh, definitely conquered the fucking media by... He doesn't have to campaign, okay? Because he just, you know, he says or does something um, that grabs the headline. Like, there were three fucking um, headlines that were pretty much the same. That he, oh, it's not, Diaper Donald's not going to testify at his fraud trial on Monday. Okay, so, three... I saw three of those headlines. Same information, almost exact same headline on my uh, metro piece, metro thing. Um, it's basically like uh, you know headlines. So <clears throat> that's my gauge. Just like random, other people are getting you know. Getting those same headlines, so. Anyway, he doesn't have the fucking campaign. Guess, you know, so he's just, like, spending all that, all the money he gets on his lawyers. Or not. Who the hell knows? Well, how, what does he do with all this money, man? He gets all these millions and millions of dollars from his stupid-ass supporters. But, uh. And Deutsche Bank is the only one that will give him a loan. Everybody should know that. Fact, I'm going to tweet that. Everybody should know that only Deutsche Bank give him a loan. Because guess what? He don't pay. He don't fucking pay his bills. He don't pay his back loans. Okay. I'm going to go on X right now. Nazi, Nazi Bank, Deutsche Bank, Nazi Bank. Deutsche Bank is only bank, is the only fucking bank. No. Just wanted the world to know that the reason Nazi Bank Deutsche Bank is the only bank that will lend diaper Don money. Because he don't pay his bills.
He don't pay his loans back. Just wanted the world to know the reason Nazi Bank, Deutsche Bank, is only bank that'll lend diapered on money is because he don't pay his bills. Duh. He don't pay his loans back. Uh, no USA banks will. He writes them off. So we, the taxpayers, foot the bill. Writes him up on his taxes as losses. On his taxes. Because I'm, I'm just um, cleaning it up. <clears throat> okay. You're welcome, America. Marka. Marka Strong. Just for justice. Trump fucking prison. Okay, I'm adding a couple toys. Trista for she, Senate Judge and President. If you're an Arizona voter, please do sign my petition. Today I'm at the United States District Court, and today a bunch of officers of the Kim Chang Sheriff's Department are going to get court martialed. <laughs> for smile. my property and uh, seizing unreasonably and unlawfully all my animals, false incarceration, harassment, intimidation, excessive force. Retaliation. Abuse of power, abuse of process. It's called 42 USC subsection 1983. And if you are a victim of police brutality, consider taking out your own lawsuit against the feds. Have a blessed day, y'all. By the way, Deutsche Bank was started by the Nazis.
UGW. Coincidence? I don't think so. Okay, so I'm gonna, um, <clears throat> politics, 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 girl. We like politics, 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 girl. Midas touch. What about Ron Philipkowski? Philip, maybe he can be my bo my boss. He's so cool. Philip Komsky. Ooh, what the hell are they doing? <clears throat> Politics go. And I got that information from David K. Johnson, by the way. David K. Johnston. <clears throat> New York Times. Uh, I think it just reminded me I should send a uh, send a little op-ed to New York Times. Politics go. Young, did I already have it? Did I already? Yeah, Young Dems, Women's March. Okay, good enough. Deport him. Hey, Justice Department, deport this motherfucker. Saudi Arabia. Port Mofo. Port Mofo. Pig. Fucking pig. They like it rough.
Fuck yeah. I would refuse to shake his hand. Disgusting hand. What the fuck is done with that hand? Probably killed children with that hand. Okay, I wanted to uh, <clears throat> go check out. I hear some munching up there. Okay, uh, let's go see what's live, maybe, on uh, Trump. I mean, type down co-defendant spills the beans to every prosecutor. Hey, <laughs> hey. Thanks, Thanks for 304K. Arizonans in Thank need. you. It's been widely reported that Ken Chesbrough is cooperating across the country against Donald Trump in various states. And we got wind of it when Karen. all of a sudden he made an application to Judge McAfee in Georgia that went. There <laughs> he could travel in order to participate in um, and cooperate with the states who are investigating the fake elector scheme. How many times do I have to Let's tell you guys down and talk bro. about what it means and whether or not we agree that he's cooperating? I'm not sure, actually. Um, even though that's what's being reported. But so he, don't forget, let's just remind ourselves where we are. He pled guilty to a single felony count of conspiring to file false documents in Georgia. And he agreed to cooperate with all of the um, trials, investigations all around the country. He was the second attorney to plead in the state of Georgia after Sidney Powell had agreed to plead. And this is in her sweeping 19 defendant uh, Rico case that she's brought against Trump and others. And don't forget Ken Chesbrough and Sidney Powell asked for a speedy trial. And on the eve of going to trial, because the speedy trial required them, required Georgia to be ready right away. It was October. And she was ready to go. And she was going to go to trial. Bonnie Willis, the uh, DA there. And in the at the last minute, he pled guilty to a single um, a single charge, and it was a single felony count of conspiring to file false documents in Georgia. And it, as I said, he agreed to cooperate with everybody. Um, and he was, uh, you know, he's also he got, you know. He, he was given five years probation, a $5,000 restitution amount, 100 hours of community service, and an apology letter. And he had to truthfully testify. That was his sentence. Um, and it's in every plea, it's very typical. You have to plead guilty, and which means you have to both legally and factually allocute. And allocutions are, are very typical, you know, the, the fairly standard in most places. And the judge will will ask you questions, you know, or, or, or sometimes the prosecutor does it, but um, just depends on the jurisdiction. And, and Ken Chesbrough was questioned by both the judge and the prosecutor here. And it's, you know, basically, is this your understanding? Do you agree to this? Are you under, under the influence of any drugs right now? Did anyone force you or threaten you or force you to do this? You know, some standard questions. Do you realize that this can impact your citizenship? Do you realize it could impact whether you can carry a gun? Things like that. So he got through all of those, but then, and he said yes to all of those. And he says, are you pleading guilty because you're in fact guilty? Yes. Um, 
And do you agree that this is your the negotiated plea? It's only one count, you know, count 15 of conspiracy to file false documents. Yes. And you agree to the negotiated recommendation of five years probation, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And truthfully testify. Yes. And you agree not to speak to co-defendants. Yes. And to give a proffer letter and to apology and an apology letter. Yes. And to turn over any remaining documents and materials. Yes. But then they didn't make him allocute to and plead guilty to the facts, which shocked me because that would never fly in New York. I mean, they did make a factual basis so that what the prosecutor did was a very long set of facts and said, if this were to go to trial, we would be able to prove the following facts. And the facts that she cited was that between November 18th, 2020 and January 6th, 2021, defendant and Trump and Giuliani and Eastman and Ray Stalling and Smith, Chile, Roman and others entered, you know, she, they just basically went through the co-conspirators and co-defendants, uh, entered into conspiracy to cause other co-conspirators, including Kathy Latham, to hold themselves out as false electors for Trump. The objective of the conspiracy included to recruit certain individuals to hold themselves out as the duly qualified electors to create false electoral documents, including vote documents, including to falsely state that Trump won all of the Georgia electoral votes and uh, deliver the false documents to the Ar National Archives, the Secretary of State of Georgia, federal court, etc., all the places you were supposed to deliver them to, um, and that the purpose was to disrupt and delay the joint session of Congress by using the fake electoral documents to cause Mike Pence to violate the Electoral College Act and the United States Constitution. And it was all part of a multi-state uh, conspiracy to unlawfully overturn the results of the 2020 election in favor of Trump, who did not win the state of Georgia. Federal laws require that the documents are maintained in many places, including federal courts in the Northern District of Georgia's clerk's office and public records where they can be inspected by members of the public. And overt acts of, to commit this conspiracy included the defendant created and distributed fake documents and were distributed in coordination with the campaign, provided details, instructions on how to create and distribute these fake documents, solicited the director of the Republican National Committee to find fake electors along with Trump and Giuliani, who gave specific instructions. And then they talked about co-conspirators, Schaefer, Steele, and Latham met at the Georgia State Capitol and created these fake documents saying Trump received all the fake electoral votes and other governmental entities and attempted to deliver these fake documents to file in federal court, even though he had they had materially false statements in them and defendant was personally present on the grounds of the u.s capitol on january 6 and then they go on to say these are the facts of the plea and then the judge asks him do you agree with the above factual basis for the charges that he, he said yes but that doesn't mean he agrees. All he was agreeing to is that there was a factual basis to charge him. He didn't agree that those are the facts. So he didn't really allocute, which means like confess, right? Which is what you're supposed to do when you plead guilty to these facts. And that just surprised me anyway. So the reporting is that he's being flown all over the country and, um, and that he is cooperating with people. 
and, you know, he's testifying. And the question is, mm-hmm. is that true? You know, and it's hard to say. Is Are people willing to use him? I don't know. Um, it's, it's just very interesting um, because he's a flawed witness, right? He's very flawed. He's smart. He's like one of the masterminds here. And what are they going to do? Use him to flip down? You know, to flip to the elector, the fake electors, that he is the one who conspired, you know, or like mastermind to use them. Prosecutors don't typically flip down. They flip up. Like, I could see you using him to get Trump or Giuliani or Meadows, but it's it's just it's kind of strange. So that's why I'm not 100% sure whether they're going to use him or not, whether they're going to give him a deal. Or are they going to, you know, are they going to immunize him? Or are they going to make him plead guilty and give him a deal? Are they going to prosecute him at all? Or is he just flying around getting a queen for a day, which is what we call, it's not immunity. It's basically saying, come in, tell us what you know, and then we will not use those statements against you unless you testify at trial, and then we can cross-examine you with them. So... Perhaps, you know, they are doing it. I think state prosecutors probably um, need to go after the fake electors and probably even feel compelled to. So I think that's great um, that they're doing this. And, you know, maybe they're going to flip down just to get the fake electors, knowing that other people are trying to hold the big guys like Trump uh you know, Jack Smith and Bonnie Willis, hold him and others accountable. Um, so, you know, he pled guilty in Georgia. Um, we'll see, you know, what's going on and where he's uh, where he's cooperating. And, you know, we think he's helping investigators in several states. He recently testified in a Nevada grand jury against six fake electors and they brought charges. So, you know, we'll see. Um, CNN says that he's also been in contact with Arizona, where he's missing for an interview. And um, he's also an unindicted co-conspirator for Jack Smith, don't forget. And there's no indication that he's cooperating in the federal case yet, or that Smith won't actually ultimately charge him. Uh, I think he will ultimately get interviewed by Smith, whether he gets used at trial or not. Who knows? Um, And you know, that's basically what's going on with him. Uh, Michigan, don't forget, um, led by the Attorney General Dana Nessel was the first to announce criminal charges uh, against um, the fake electors, even before the, the Ken Chesborough uh, cooperation deal. So she has a case and had a case even before that. And it looks like that the, you know, she confirmed to CNN that their investigation is still active and that perhaps she's looking uh, at other figures um, in the, um, in the, uh, in the case, including this attorney. Um, His name is Ian Northorn, who apparently was in touch with top Trump allies after the 2020 election and accompanied the fake electors when they tried to enter the Michigan State House. Um, Northern tried to persuade a state trooper to let them into the state capitol, um, but he thankfully did not let them. And it's a key part of the plan that Chesbrough and others cooked up um, because federal law in Michigan requires the electors to meet in the state house. And Chesbrough hoped the pro-Trump slate would uh, hew to the law as closely as possible. Um, and, you know, after the election, Northorn uh, or Northon 
participated in conference calls, apparently, according to his reporting with the then Trump attorneys Giuliani and Eastman, where they discussed how to contest the results. Northen also had a call with Sidney Powell, and she asked him um, to join the lawsuit. She was filing in Michigan about nullifying the election, but he declined and filed a separate suit. Um, and Northen also received the Chesborough memo. So uh, we'll see if he's cooperating in the true sense of the word, meaning will he will he actually testify in the grand jury and testify at trial? Are prosecutors going to use him, or is he so flawed as a witness uh, because he, you know, is the mastermind of all of this? That how will a jury actually believe him? Who knows? But he is falling all around, if nothing else, trying to get people not to prosecute him more than. He already is. Um, that's what's going on with Ken Chesborough. My name is Karen Freeman. Thanks for joining me and my co-hosts every Wednesday and Saturday on Legal AF. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report. And continue the conversation by following us Thank on you, Instagram Karen. at Midas Mighty. Keep up with the most important news of the day. Diaper down to foolish messaging gets instantly. Check. GOP congressman loses it on live T when host hits him with the fact. Get like a pro with HSN. Shop mm -hmm. HSN with our expert guides and product demos. Wait, the there, excuse me, there, but there's no there's no connection to President Biden. So what can you explain that? What are you talking about? Well, uh, yeah, well, yes, ma'am, there is this this latest mm -hmm. transaction. There absolutely is, and there's a monthly payment. Wait, are you talking the about the thirteen hundred the thirteen hundred eighty dollar transaction, the the car payment reimbursement? <laughs> well, that, that, now that's what they're calling it, but actually, I was actually. No, that's what you're. You're the, the committee. Time. The committee put out a receipt that shows it's a reimbursement for a car payment. And and also some of the other the ways in which you're characterizing some of the things about the involvement, it's just not as clear cut as you are uh, characterizing it to be. So let me. Well, I am going to make. I am. I did let you speak. Uh, well, Congressman, <laughs> with all due respect, I did let you. No, you're speaking over me, sir. With all due, with all due respect, I let you speak, and then I clarified just to be clear about what you were saying. So then, let me ask you this, and I will let you speak, since you're saying, uh, you know, that so much of this has to do with President Biden, although there is no evidence of that. Will the Oversight Committee subpoena him? Well, the Oversight Committee to subpoena who? President, President Biden or, or, or Hunter? I don't know. Um, at some point, I suspect that could happen, but I doubt he would show, and I doubt Hunter is going to show now that he has officially been indicted for tax evasion and, and uh, uh, arms, uh, uh, having a pistol when he was, in fact, on drugs. But back to my previous point, there is a clear line between the Communist China five million dollar investment with hunter biden man the only qualification he has as far as i can see or job on a job application is is hookers and crack cocaine let's just be honest this guy's bad news you all want to cover for him and that's fine 
That was MAGA Republican Congress member Tim Burchett just totally losing his mind as he was confronted with facts by <laughs> CNN reporter Brianna Keeler, who was just doing a great job right there. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. These Thank MAGA you, Republicans like Tim Burchett want us to focus on charts like this one right here, which is the Hunter Biden payments to various women in the new indictment that was unsealed in Los Angeles federal court, which went through all of this lewd and lascivious conduct while Hunter Biden was a drug addict, which Tim Burchett wanted to highlight. By the way, Hunter Biden is Yale-educated. He sat on the board of UN Food. Like, he had a career before falling into the depths of drug addiction, which many people have family members or many people have experienced as well after his brother passed away due to cancer, and he's someone who has also lost his mother and sister due to very tragic deaths, but his brother's death was obviously very triggering. But MAGA Republicans want us to focus on what Hunter Biden was doing while he was a drug addict, instead of graphs like this right here, graphs showing that a President Biden economy and the job booms obtained there far outpaces anything with Donald Trump. The MAGA Republicans would rather us look at Hunter Biden escort payments than 199,000 new jobs added to the unemployment rate um, and unemployment 199,000 new jobs added the unemployment rate uh, decreasing to 3.7% and other graphs like that. They don't want us to look at that. Let me show you. This is MAGA Republican Tim Burchett as well as Brianna Keeler continues to push back right here. I just want to show you the contrast here, folks. Here, play this clip. And the breaking news, an early holiday gift on the economy. In fact, in a way, it's the gift that keeps on giving. The jobs report just in a few minutes ago, beating expectations, 199,000 new jobs added, and the unemployment rate dropped. It is low. CNN's Rahel Solomon is with us now. And Rahel, like I said, this is the gift that keeps on giving. The story of 2023 is an economy that just stayed strong. Yeah, John, it's the story of 2023. It's the story of 2022, because as you pointed out, this is the 35th month of job growth. So this is the gift that's been giving for almost three years now. So let's go through the numbers. 199,000 jobs, as you pointed out, in the month of November. To put that in perspective, the expectation had been closer to 180,000. And remember, Tim Burchett, who you're seeing there kind of totally and utterly flip out. Here he is. You recall a few months back when he was asked about what we can be doing with responsible gun ownership and Tim Burchett's responses. We ain't ever going to fix it. Here, play the clip. Three precious little kids lost their lives, and I believe three adults, I believe it's, and, um, and the shooter, of course, lost their life, too. So it's, it's a horrible, horrible situation, and we're not going to fix it. Criminals are going to be criminals, and my daddy fought the Second World War, fought the Pacific, fought the Japanese, and he told me, he said, buddy, he said, if somebody wants to take you out and doesn't mind losing their life, there's not a whole lot of what you can do about it. Poor Tim Burchett, who, by the way, mainstream MAGA Republican, this is like what a MAGA Republican is today. Here he is calling to defund the FBI, DOJ, and Department of Defense. Play the <laughs> We've got to say, hey, we're going to cut y'all's money off. We're tired of it. You all are not acting in faith. None of these agencies are, and they're just overrun. It didn't, it didn't happen overnight, but it, it, it sure as hell feels like it all of a sudden that they're, because they have um, 
from the FBI, Department of Justice, Department of Defense, all of them. They won't give you a straight answer. And um, and so fine. I just say cut their money off until they come to the table. And here is Tim Burchett, MAGA Republican Congress member, basically insinuating that he and MAGA Republican Congresswoman Nancy Mace have compromised on Kevin McCarthy. Play this clip. He also has $17 million um, in an account um, that he'll be messing in a lot of people like mine and Nancy Mason's campaigns, I'm sure. And so, um, I don't know you if know, he does that with Nancy May. She could come back at him with some stuff that he doesn't want out there in yeah. the public, I think, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, she she's already told me. She said, I hope he does that with me. And, um, and she'll take care of him. She takes care of her own. But I... And here, Tim Burchett, when confronted with why he was supporting George Santos, he and the MAGA Republicans, the majority of uh, all Republicans, actually voted to save George Santos. 105 voted to oust him. His response is that, well, because we're just all a bunch of sinners. This is Tim Burchett right here. Play the clip. Don't you have any concerns about his conduct? I mean, all the allegations, the criminal charges, he's admitted to lying about so much of his life. I mean, why should he be walking? Walking around here, going to classified briefings and the like, to say that anybody in Congress can cast stones. I mean, we're we're a bunch of sinners. <laughs> that's basically what we all are. Okay, fair enough. Thank you, Congressman. <laughs> so my wife got me this weird new kitchen knife as a Christmas gift. God, I love her. At first, I thought it looked like a Viking sword because it looks so massive compared to my other kitchen knives. I didn't understand how it would change my cooking experience, but I figured I've already wasted that. Copilot is a personalized fitness solution. Every individual is unique, so your fitness journey should be too. Copilot's app will help you. Personal that is going on while they want us to. And 20% off your first month. Sign up for the new year and let Copilot help you reach your fitness goals. Okay, so while that is going on, while they want us to focus on Hunter Biden consensual sex uh, when he was a drug addict, I mean, and, and that he repaid the taxes yeah, in 2021. Good, uh, and by the way, you Rick, have Rudy Giuliani. Rick, He's got in, a $500,000 tax lien. I think Roger seven. Stone, $2 million. But don't get me wrong. They, they don't get charged, but they, they, they want to charge Hunter Biden and have this like 59-page indictment that attacks him for like morality and then just goes back to taxes that he paid. But in any event, you still, if you're law and order, you should care about people being prosecuted if they committed crimes. But that's where they're focused on. I'll tell you where my focus on is this. This is a guest on Fox talking about the jobs that have been created. 14 million jobs created. Economic growth at 5%. Unemployment at historic lows. Play the clip. We sure like what's in it, though. We like 14 million jobs created, almost a million in manufacturing, economic growth at 5%, unemployment at historic lows, uh, small business records being broken there. So we do, we do love talking about Bidenomics. We love talking about the components of it. And if you actually ask the voters, they love that stuff. They love the infrastructure bill when you actually talk to them about what's in the bill. They love seeing bridges built, roads built jobs being you know created or here's how cnn talked about it play the clip and a big jobs report in this morning beating expectations it is the economy that just keeps on giving and even fox's uh Ducey, 
little doozy, uh, says that, look, Republicans have been able to connect anything to President Joe Biden. Here, play the clip. The House Oversight Committee has been at this for years, and they have so far not been able to provide any concrete evidence that Joe Biden personally profited from his son Hunter's overseas business, but they are going to try again with this impeachment inquiry that's set to start next week. Still, Peter, thanks for much. So, folks, I think it's important that we talk about these alternatives and... I'll let you decide in the comments. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 2 million subscribers thanks to your support. Appreciate it and have a good day. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report. Continue the conversation by following. She us don't need no Instagram. She just uses Instagram. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. Right. <clears throat> Show you. Okay, so, see if they're live yet, um, it's a weekend show, mm. terrified diaper don chickens out of testifying in New York fraud trial at last minute, I'm telling y'all, I'm the strongest Sanders in the family, the whole family. Can you tell us now whether or not he will definitely testify on Monday, Alina? Yeah, let me be very clear. I discouraged the former president from getting on a stand with a gag order. I would never discourage the former president from testifying because, uh, quite honestly, our plan up until now was to have him testify. He always wanted to testify, and he should testify. When he has nothing to hide, it's the best thing you could do mm -hmm. is put this great witness on that is going to stand up and mm -hmm. tell you the truth. But... The judge in this matter this week, we asked him to lift the gag order so that he could testify fully and completely. If he sees people whispering and creating a ruckus next to him, and he has a right to address that so that the record is complete, and so do his lawyers. Uh, that was why we said, this is not fair, this is rigged, this is a banana republic. Don't give them the, the energy of you coming in the room. Now, he already has took, taken a stand on this case. He took the stand on the case in the AG's case. Now we want him on our case. But I would say, and I still say, that having any client get on a stand with a gag order as limited or large as this is a First Amendment violation, and you should not respect the court and give them the opportunity to hear you. Mm -hmm. But he is going to take the stand regardless, and he will navigate it. That was Alina Haba on Friday saying that Donald Trump was going to testify regardless of the fact that the gag order was reimposed on him. But now we are learning, as we predicted, Donald Trump will to test the court and give them the opportunity to say that having any client get on a stand with a gag order as limited or large as this is a First Amendment violation, and you should not respect the court and give them the opportunity to hear you. Mm -hmm. But he is going to take the stand regardless, and he will navigate it. That was Alina Haba on Friday saying that Donald Trump was going to testify regardless of the fact that the gag order was reimposed on him. But now we are learning, as we predicted, Donald Trump will not be testifying on Monday. He announced this on a social media post and we've been calling it here on the Midas Touch Network. There was no way he was going to take the stand on direct examination. He's now posting and confirming that he is not taking the stand. Here's what Donald Trump just wrote. I'm going to give you the portion where he says he's not testifying, then we'll go through his full statement. Donald Trump says, in summary, 
based on the above and the fact that our unassailable final expert witness has been so strong and irrefutable in his testimony, which will conclude on Tuesday, and that I have already testified to everything and have nothing more to say other than this is a complete and total election interference, parentheses, Biden campaign witch hunt that will do nothing but keep business out of New York. I will not be testifying on Monday, MAGA exclamation point. He actually wrote a much longer statement than that, all in caps, ranting and raving like a complete and utter lunatic. But the main takeaway here is that he will not be testifying on Monday. To be clear, Donald Trump did testify during cross-examination when he was called by the New York Attorney General lawyers and the prosecutors there. However, this is direct testimony. Testimony where his lawyers would have the opportunity to ask him questions and any witness in a civil case like this, unless they are invoking their Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, would of course avail themselves to direct examination so that they can go through with their own lawyers all of the key testimony that they want to get out, go through all of the documents. And the fact that Donald Trump is not testifying tells you everything you need to know. We previously reported that Eric Trump was out last week. He refused to testify. And then I was saying, I believe that there's no chance Donald Trump is going to testify. Let me just show you. I've been no. saying this throughout, but here's just one of the videos I made last week when I said, I don't believe Donald Trump is going to testify, but you can go back. There's a lot of these here. Play this clip. So we will keep you posted if Donald Trump ends up testifying or not. I still think that Donald Trump is probably probably not going to show up, but you see how he's trying to wiggle out of it. Eric's out. We'll keep you posted as we learn more here on the Midas Touch Network. Let's go through what Donald Trump's actual statement is right here. Here's what he says. Um, Donald Trump, as everyone knows, I have a very successful and conclusively testified in the corrupt Biden directed New York State Attorney General's rigged trial against me. World-renowned experts, highly respected bank and insurance executives, real estate professionals, as well as others, both honest and credible, have stated clearly and unequivocally that I and my very successful company did nothing wrong. My financial statements were conservative, liquid, and extraordinary. A top professor from NYU Stern said, if Mr. Trump were my student, he would get an A on his financial statements. I've never seen a statement that proves so much detail and is so transparent as these statements. Plus, they all have uh, ironclad disclaimer clause stating that the oh. users must do their own due diligence analysis. No reliance. The only fraud committed was by the highly partisan, out-of-control judge, a racist AG who promised I will get Trump. They claim that Mar-a-Lago was worth only $18 million when it was worth 50 to 100 times that in order to illegally reduce my value and make a fake case against me. They did this on other properties as well and wouldn't give me a jury. Likewise, the AG thugs do not want to acknowledge that I have paid almost $300 million in New York City and state taxes during the years in question. Importantly, I won at the appellate division, which effectively ended most of the case, but the biased judge refused to accept their order and unheard of first based on the above. And so based on the above and the fact that our unassailable final expert witness has been so strong, blah, 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 blah. He goes, I will not be testifying on Monday, MAGA exclamation point. Now, I mean, all caps, all lies, each and every aspect of this.
saying that this is a Biden-directed civil valuation uh, prosecution old, of Donald Trump is totally false. Donald Trump's experts actually stated that he did inflate uh, his values. The NYU professor Donald Trump talks about hadn't prepared a financial statement in decades, was not familiar with generally accepting accounting principles, and was paid approximately $900,000 by Donald Trump's political action organization to testify. Um, that expert, by the way, stated that Donald Trump uh, mischaracterizing the size and scope of property properties um, was an error and not fraud. And he said that because it wasn't concealed, it can't be fraud if it was on the separate set of books that were shown to the lenders and different than the appraisers. Made absolutely no sense at all. Also, Donald Trump has already lost the case. Uh, the judge in Goran has granted summary judgment because all of the undisputed evidence showed that Donald Trump um, really misclassified his assets and in order to get benefits. So, for example, the Mar-a-Lago property was a commercial property. It was a club, and Donald Trump executed an easement and a deed to devalue the property, to pay less property taxes, and to operate it as a club so that memberships could pay for it. But then Donald Trump would claim it's a residential property when taking out loans because that would suit him, but he didn't pay property taxes on it as though it was a residential property. The valuation came from you, Donald Trump. That's why it is an undisputed fact. Your team said the valuation was under $27 million because it was a commercial property. If you want to go pay property taxes on a $900 million to $1.8 billion property, go ahead and do that, but you'll be owing about nine figures um, if that was the case, which you obviously did not pay. And then all these other statements saying that this disclaimer clause was so powerful, it wasn't, it was weak. And also, you can't disclaim outright fraud and material misrepresentations to people as well. And the appellate division did not say that you were not liable or responsible. Um, the appellate division actually said that the only person who could be removed from the case was Ivanka because she claimed that she didn't work at the Trump organization during the relevant period, but all of the existing claims are well within the statute of limitations. So folks, as we predicted, Donald Trump not testifying, that was fairly easy to call because look, he didn't testify at the E. Jean Carroll trial. He was cowardly there and he went to Scotland and Ireland and hid there and made excuses. As I've been saying over and over again, if you study his pathology, you know how weak of an individual is how scared he is and anybody and i mean anybody in a case like this unless you believe there to be criminal exposure you would avail yourself of direct testimony have your lawyers ask you the questions to go through the books and records and you heard his, his lawyer alina haba at the outset saying that um she was confident that he was going to testify it's the right thing to do um even though the gag order was imposed on him again which just stopped him from attacking the judge's principal law clerk like he needs to attack the principal law clerk is a wild concept to begin with but <laughs> um you know trump not testifying more lies more gaslighting oh and by the way when you look at his cult followers on that social media platform of his when he announces things these are the types of memes that his cult posts 
he didn't give up on us, so I'll never give up on him. I mean, he's literally giving up on the trial right there. Here's another like post. Cheers to all my haters. Be patient. The best is yet to come. I told you they were all corrupt as hell. Believe me. Believe me now. I'm not testifying in my own trial for direct testimony. Believe, believe me. So cowardly, so embarrassing, but so on brand. We've been telling you. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 2 million subscribers thanks to your support. Um, and check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. And have <coughs> at Midas Touch, we are unapologetically touch. pro-democracy. And we demand justice. All right. Oops. Live. Okay, Trump's foolish messaging gets instant reality check by top pollster. Thanks to big-hearted Thanks people for like 304 Kevin, though. It's just law enforcement. Go Dane, independents are looking a little bit more like Republicans when you look at the favorability and approval ratings, largely because they're just not checked into this presidential race, which I don't blame them. That's probably the healthy thing to do at this point. Still, you know, uh, 11 months out. From, in the, from the campaign, the but you mentioned the economic data, and it's right. You know what we saw over this past week with good economic data released. This isn't the first time, week over week over week, we're seeing stronger economic data coming out. But President Biden's favorability numbers have been going down. It certainly doesn't help that there are two wars going on at the moment. And when you look at what's happening, or really what's not happening in Washington, people aren't seeing politicians in Washington getting things done. And the president is going to bear the brunt of that with those who generally aren't paying a lot of attention, fair or unfair. Just explain to people how the polling is done. When we talk about 37% approval rating, what does that mean? Because, you know, some of these polls might be, what, a thousand people being phoned on an old-fashioned telephone, a landline phone. But others are a little bit more advanced with, with technology. Just explain what, what, what we're dealing with. There's such a wide range of quality and different approaches when it comes to political polling these days and public opinion polling. And, you know, the challenge is sorting through the good and the not so good. Yeah. Or, 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 you know, there aren't, frankly, that many very good polls out there at this point. Because it's challenging. We have an internal polling team, and they'll tell you the same thing. When we look at our polls, to your point about how it actually happens, to reach one person, to get one person to get on the phone or get online or through a text survey, actually answer all of the questions the pollster wants them to answer, to get one person, they'll have to reach out to generally about 100 people now, meaning the response rates are close to 1%. It's pretty soul-destroying, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's, it's like selling insurance. You can't blame people at this yeah. point. Um, you know, I, I uh, uh, teach a political science class at Howard <laughs> University. I always ask students, how many of you will answer your cell phone if you get a call from someone you don't recognize the number? And it's almost universal. People are not picking up calls unless it's someone they know. Even if it is someone they know, often they aren't. So that's one of the biggest challenges. And so you get something called response bias, where the question is, are the people who are taking these surveys actually representative of the people who aren't? And what we've seen increasingly is the answer is no, they're they're not representative. And that response bias, bias can go either way. In the 2016 election, the people who weren't taking the surveys
Trump humpers. Where only people uh, they call are people with landlines. Conservative types. Pollsters call people with landlines, and only people with landlines are the elderly. Surveys were more likely to be Trump voters. People talked about this idea of a quote shy Trump voter, which is sort of funny to think about nowadays, given how loud and obnoxious they are. Yeah. Um, but the dynamic changed up until in 2022, where there was actually a bias in the polls, and Democrats and progressives were less likely to take these surveys. So that's a big challenge. So we all get. <laughs> that they should send out a text message to invite people to be part of the survey. Bog down in the details oh, of margin of error. You'll, you'll see people talking about in this poll result, you know, someone's leading inside or outside the margin of error, which basically just means statistically they can look at the survey and because it's a small group, as you say, generally about a thousand people, you have some polls that are as few as 600 people or 400, some they're bigger, 2000 or more. But the margin of error means well, we're saying that President Biden is at about 38% approval, job approval. But statistically, that means with a margin of error of about 4%, means he could be at 42%, he could be at 34%. That's statistically what it means. What we're missing when we talk about the margin of error is that margin of error assumes that the pollster is perfectly predicted and gotten a sample that is perfectly representative of the American electorate. And when you start to think about likely voters in an election that's gonna happen in November, a year from now, just under a year from now, that's really hard. No one can do that. To get the right number of younger voters, older voters, women, men, breaking down by race, ethnicity, education, all of these different elements that are so important to predicting outcomes of elections, it's impossible for pollsters to do right. And so it's something, it's a big grain of salt that we have to take into account when we're, when we're talking about these polls. It's interesting, isn't it, that there's so much data being gathered these days by Amazon and, and Instagram and everything else. And, and, and yet, you know, so they could tell us how we're going to vote before we even know how we're going to vote. They probably could. Right. But also, they could allow us to vote via Instagram or Amazon without having to go to a polling place. And it would be as secure as those sites already are. And yet there is no appetite for switching to any kind of technology that would actually encourage more people to vote or do what, say, they do in Australia, where you have to vote. I mean, it's so interesting, isn't it, that, that voter apathy is still a very big thing. And, and you know, what, what percentage of people are likely to go to the polls this year versus last year? Snacks.
too. That would be incentive. Well, it's interesting because to your point, in 2020 and the pandemic happened and there was this question of how do we can. Conduct an election safely during a pandemic when in general, most of Americans had no choice but to go into a polling place. And I, I think. The election workers and the election officials in most states deserve a lot of credit because they pivoted in very short time and they made voting more accessible. It was the greatest acceleration in voting access that this country has seen in quite some time, if not ever. And what that resulted in is over 160 million people vote. Far more people vote in that election than have ever voted in any American election, not just in terms of raw numbers. In terms of percent of eligible population, it was the biggest turnout um, in in quite some time as well. And then what we saw was what happened, and the result wasn't the result that a lot of these uh, Republican election officials wanted. And so, and a lot of these states. Midas Touch Weekend Show live right now. Midas Touch.
when I was in student governments, yeah, that um, when people came in to get their student card picture. Also, a check, uh, a check that they can uh, Democrats, Justice, Trista, 